This is Gear On with the Get Some Podcast. I'm excited about this week. I got a sore throat, but I'm negative COVID tested. Uh, old friend. Yeah. We met in 2006 in yeah. New Orleans, shooting a blockbuster film, College. Ever you saw it. Everybody saw it. I love getting my 85-cent residual checks. <laughs> you get 85-cent residual checks? I've gotten some from college. Damn. Have you gotten any? No. No, I guess I did years ago. You had to. Back when the DVDs came out. That yeah. That was probably the last time I got it. That's how old that movie is. So me and Andrew, this is Andrew Caldwell. What's up? A.K.A. In the New Matrix. Yep. That what's is your, my new name now, In the Matrix. What's your character's name in the Matrix? I played Jude Gallagher in the Matrix. Jude Gallagher. Let's get into that in a second. Sure. I want to catch up on college. Yeah. So my favorite stories about you, I got a couple. So we shot this movie in New Orleans, 2006, called College. Didn't really take off like we thought. It wasn't our fault, though. Not our it fault. It wasn't our fault. The actors delivered. It was a flawless film filled with perfect performances. Dude, I thought I thought it was going to be like, uh, um, what's the other movie that like came out? Like Superbad. That's what I thought it was well, going to be like. it was supposed like. to be, man. Like, we knew they were doing Superbad when we were shooting college, and we mm -hmm. knew Superbad was going to be like another level. We were supposed to come <laughs> out like six months before. And so we were like the raunchy, like, setting up Superbad to succeed. Yeah, we were rated R. Yeah, man. yeah. Titties everywhere. Everywhere. And then they like, something happened. The movie got pushed after Superbad. So then we just looked like a ripoff. Like, like the week after. Yeah. It was so close after Superbad. And we, the bad part is we had, we, you know, we had all the characters look similar. The exact same. You were Jonah Hill. Bro, so to this day, so I know we're on track, but we're talking about college. So to this day, so Matrix comes out a couple weeks ago, right? And so people are hitting me up on Twitter. Fuck you. You suck. Like say, you know what everybody really? says on Twitter. That's just what Twitter is. But I get the I get this message from this dude who's like, I mean, bro, this guy went on and on. I can read him, but he was like, you did that piece of shit, the atrocity college. And I'm like, bro, that was like 10 years ago. You're still mad at college? Went on and on and on about like, how dare you do a movie like this? I mean, I'll pull him up, bro, but it was really? insane. I'm like, dog, <clears throat> you need to move on. Have you seen any other movies in 10 years? But you know what's weird about college? Even though it wasn't a blockbuster hit, even though critics or people that watch films panic yep. i get stopped and oh, i'm yeah. not lying at least twice a month randomly well what happened was so the movie comes out movie tanks right again they're making dvds at the time so they couldn't sell the dvds so what they did is they sent a bunch of dvds to iraq and afghanistan this for the military right. yeah for the military because like the whole movie's like tits and partying and like whatever mm -hmm. so all these dudes were over there watching this movie every day so they I didn't all know come, that. Yeah, so they all come back from Iraq and Afghanistan. Now they're civilians, and they're seeing me or you, whoever, out. And they're like, yo. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I'll never forget, I was in Seattle. And usually when I get stopped, it's by black people for... Why? I don't know, because I'm black famous. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> usually, if I get stopped by 10 people, nine of them are black, sure. right? I'm crossing the street in Seattle, and this is 2013. And the guy goes, that's him, right? That's him. It's white dudes, right? High and tight, similar to my haircut. You thought you were getting served. I didn't know. No, I wasn't getting a divorce back then. <laughs> but I'm looking, I'm like, how do they know me? Where do they know me from? They go, that's him, right? That's him. And they was like, Bearcat, Bearcat. And I looked, and the motherfucker's like, I told you that was him. I told you. And I was like this, what the fuck? That was the first time I got stopped that nobody knew anything else I did but college. Yeah. It's huge, man. It's all like big bros like who fought over there and they came back and like, dude, I'll never forget. I was like, I just turned 
21. I was like 19, but I'm at this bar and I'm chilling <laughs> and nobody, I mean, dude, I was on Hannah Montana. So like up until yeah. then, that's the only like love I ever got. Mm-hmm. So I'm at this bar and I'm like boozing and this big fucking dude walks up to me and he's like, hey, I'm like, oh shit. He's like, you that fat dude from college, huh? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's like, yo, guys. And like all these like Marines and dudes run over and they're just buying me drinks all night and shit. And it's still to this day, dude, I still see that shit. I think you told me that, but I, do, I must have deleted it from my memory. Yeah. That it got sent over to all the soldiers. Yeah. That was such a, if you asked me what movie I had the, like the best time though, it's probably that. For Just because sure. of Vern. Yeah. Like me and Vern got close on yeah, that movie. Yeah, you did. Jesus Christ. Well, in that movie, we, it was art imitating life. You know what I mean? Like we were in New Orleans. It was like right at the tail end of Mardi Gras. Yeah. And the movie was about like getting fucked up and partying. So like, that's what we did. Like yeah. it was just art imitating life. Like all those beers, like I remember in uh, New Orleans I had this beer company called the Beat of Beer. And it was like strictly in New Orleans. And so they were like bringing in these kegs and bro, I'm underage, I'm 17, you know? Yeah. And uh, real beer in the kegs. I remember one time <laughs> yeah. we were doing this scene, which I'm sure we're gonna talk about the big bear cast scene. And there's this actor, Nick Zano, and I'm sitting on his back and we're supposed to be smoking weed. And so I'm putting real weed in there and everything. And I hit it so hard and everybody's cheering that I'm coughing and I puke on Nick's back. (laughs) He has no idea. And I'm just like, and like, if you look close as the camera's pan, you see me just puking on Nick Zano's back. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. What? Okay, two stories I remember, me and you specifically, was I had a nude scene in college and they kept trying to put the cocksuck on me, they call it. And it just, it was too tight. And I go, Because they got a big dick. They don't make them that big. Yeah. That's why he's black famous. That's why. No, so I got to do this damn near nude scene, and I, I really don't have anything on. They got this this little piece of cloth that I guess they thought was working. really wasn't. I just remember you, you know, they say close set. I thought the nude scene would be four or five weeks in. No, no, let's do it day three of shooting. I'm like, can I get to know motherfuckers first? Yeah. Then they say close set. They don't say close set. We're at a frat party. So there's literally 40 extras. <laughs> And producer, I'm going like this. This was not, when I think close set, I think Monster's Ball. You're right. I think right. cameraman, director, Halle Berry, Billy Bob. Right. Not 40 dudes I don't know, these actors I barely know, and your ass, the first time we come out, like dress rehearsal basically, and I do, and I'm naked. He's like, hey, Gary, I thought you being on BT, I was expecting a little more. And I just met you. Well, no, because the day before, so, like, you know, you you and I both, like, we were improv guys. Like, that's yeah. sort of, especially back then for me, that was, like, all I did. And so we're doing this. It was our first day working together, and we're, we're standing on this bar. I forget what the scene was about. And you were next to me, and we had just met, like, maybe the day before or something like that. And you kind of start, like, riffing and, like, going off. And I'm, like, in my mind, I'm, like, oh, here he is. Like, found him. I found the dude that I'm going to, like, play with for the rest of this movie. <laughs> Like, here it is. Because, you know, Kevin Coveas was, like, an American Idol actor. He had never been in a movie before. Yeah. Drake Bell. Hey. Stick it to the yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stick it to the lines. And so so when Gary's, like, I can hear Gary. And, like, he's not saying anything audibly, but I can hear him doing something. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is perfect. And just we turn towards each other. We start going. And then the rest of the movie, it was just It was ah, history. But it was, like, you were, the, you were the ad-lib, let's say, guy for the – the three younger guys. Yeah. And then I was the, for the, the three college guys, you know, we had a uh, Zach Krager, yeah. Nick Zano and, and me. So it was like, I was the one making up shit right. the whole time. But that's how I got the part too. Cause I, I don't know how you got it. I, 
I, I videotape myself on camera, and I'll never forget as long as I live. I don't, did I tell you a story how I got the part? I don't think so. I put myself on video. I was going, I was headed down to the Bengals Ravens game in Cincinnati, Thursday night football. I'm on my way. My agent calls, they need this audition tonight. I go, huh? They go, tonight. I go, fuck. Called a buddy of mine who had a camera set up, right? I said, dude, I gotta come in. Can I come in and I'll, I'll pay 50 bucks? I need to do this audition before I head to the Bengals game. All right. He comes in. So we basically wing it, right? I got the lines, wing it. This is in November. In February, I'm in Indianapolis, I'm getting on a plane. And they go, my, my manager calls. They go, hey, we just got a message from college. They want your avails. And I went, what college? <laughs> and they go, what? I go, what college? And they go, what are you talking about? I go, you just said my availability for college. They go, the movie. And I go, what movie? <laughs> and they go, you want digital? I was like this. I had no, because when I did the audition, I never looked at the name of the movie. They just gave me, I never read the script. Yeah. I had the sides. Crazy frat guy, wing it. They wanted some ad libs while out. I go, okay. So literally, I'm on the plane going, what? And then doors close. I don't, um, when I land, then I, then I get the, the, then they could really explain it to me. I said, I gotta go. I'll call you when I land. Yeah. So I, I'm on the plane thinking, what kind of dumbass question is that from the agent? My avail, what college? Why was it so hard to ask? What movie is fucking, God, I don't know what movie it is. I didn't know what they were talking about. And then they told me, and I was like, oh, and then a couple weeks later, I'm, I'm in New Orleans filming. That's how I found I got it. That's crazy. But the audition was funny because I'm literally on the way down, and I, I didn't tailgate because I usually got the game like yeah. two hours early. So I just got there like at halfway through the first quarter. I was like, where were you? I was like, I got to yeah, audition. auditioning for movies. No Fucking dumbass yeah. movie I'm not going to get. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to make any residuals off it. No, but like, so so to go back on that same day when you when I made fun of your dick and you came out all naked. <laughs> Um, so, so uh, if you see, if you're a Gary Owen fan, you definitely see the movie, but, but you know, he's, he's butt ass naked. He's got all this fake hair sort of like glued onto him. <laughs> and it was written in the script that somebody takes a shot out of his ass. Ass crack. Yeah. The ass crack. Yeah. And nobody wanted to do it. Everybody was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Well, like, you know, like, I'm like, well, someone's got to do it. Like, it's a memorable part of the movie. I'm like, somebody's got to do it. So I was like, I'll do it. And so so they're like, well, Gary's going to go get the, the hair glued on right now. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the makeup trailer, and Gary's standing there in all of his glory, right? And I'm watching them clean his body. I mean, I'm talking like— Oh, I'm, they sanitize the fuck out I'm of my ass, there. crack. I'm in there looking at everything. And <laughs> and uh, we get on the set, and, like, we do it. And what's funny is, like, that was the day my mom showed up on set. That's why your mom likes my me. My mom loves you, bro. My mom is the biggest <laughs> Gary Owen fan in the world. But uh, so I'm like, fuck it, I'm doing it. And so we do the scene and like, it's funny because it's been all these years later and there's so many of my people in my life are like, oh yeah, you still friends with Gary? I'm like, if you drink out of a man's ass, you're going to yeah, stay friends with somebody. Bonded. Like there's Better no bond. going back. I mean, I had his balls on my forehead <laughs> for about 35 minutes because that, that cocksock was not holding his balls. And, uh, and you know, once that happens, you're kind of stuck with somebody. You know what I mean? You can't really go back. I, I remember you, them going, I don't want to do it. All the guys like, I'm not doing it, I'm doing it. You go, and you use my full name. You go, I'll drink, I'll drink alcohol, Gary Owens' ass. Yeah, I'll do, I'll it. do it. I'll do I'm it. I'll do it. I was like, why does he, why does he keep, keep calling me by my full name? Because <laughs> it's a fun name to say, Gary Owens. <laughs> I don't think I've ever just flat up called you Gary before. No, I don't think so either. What? Okay, my favorite story about college, though, I t and I tell this to so many people, that's why I'm glad you're on. You probably don't even remember it, was we went and saw the movie 300 of together. Of course I remember this. So... We get done with the movie, and now we're going, you're telling me, like, all right, 
We're going to, okay, now it's protein shakes and chicken. <laughs> We're going to go to craft service tomorrow. We're going to get all the junk out of our trailer. Yep. You're like, I'm going to do smoking, no drinking. Come on. We're going to get locked in. I go, I'm with it, dude. You ain't got to tell me twice. Let's do it. We drive by Cafe Dumont. <laughs> and I looked at you and I go, tomorrow. Yeah, we got to get some beignets. <laughs> I mean, we got to get some beignets first. We got to send ourselves like off with some beignets. Destroy those yeah, beignets. Oh, like, oh, oh. Yo, tomorrow, we're locked. <laughs> yeah. We're locked I'm in. I'm not going to smoke. <laughs> I'm not going to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. We were destroying those beignets. Oh, dude, we ate them. We ate them. <laughs> We walked in there and, you know, everywhere we went in New Orleans, because, I mean, this was like right after Katrina and like everywhere we went, especially with Gary, everybody knew Gary. And it was such a like brutal time in New Orleans. It was right after Katrina. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was just a tough place to be. And like walking around with you, we went into this. I remember this. We go to the beignet shop and everybody in that spot was just like, <gasps> Gary Owen. And so we're like kicking, we're hanging out, and like the joy that these people had after this horrible yeah. experience watching yeah. you and me stuff our faces <laughs> with these things. I remember that most, probably more than anything, about being in New Orleans. Just oh, really? like seeing these people like see you and you go in there and hang out with them was just such a cool like yeah. moment. I'm sure they remember that shit too. Yeah, what's well, different now? I'm, I'm bougie. Yeah. I'm standoffish. I just had a guy on <laughs> um, a couple weeks ago that said, because I'm kind of a prima donna on set, I go, no, I'm not. I'm not. I go, I show up on time, I know my lines, I go, I just ask that you have what I need in my green room when I get <laughs> and there. And now you're fired. Yeah. No, I don't never do that. I said, I don't tell people what to do, I always ask for things. Yeah. I go, but if you're asking me to be on set at five in the morning and I'm asking you to have coffee when I get there, if that makes me bougie, I don't I mean, know. Listen, you're bougie, Gary. I'm, I don't You've know. You've changed. I don't know. I would never drink out of your ass now. I'm still not a dick. I don't say where the <laughs> fuck is my coffee. It's be like, hey, can I get the coffee? Like, Where's that coffee in my Kind of polite, but yeah. I'm still like, look, you guys gassed me in early. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to oversleep. Hey, you got to give it. It's, it's like you don't work this hard to not tell somebody to get your coffee in the morning. You know what I mean? Well, and, and it's funny. Like, I used to just do it myself. And then um, I was doing Little Man. Mm. And uh, the girl goes, I need you to stop getting your food and snacks. I go, why? She goes, I can get fired. <laughs> yeah. She goes, I'm assigned to you. And if they see you getting it, then they're looking at me like, where are you at? Yeah. And I never looked at it like that. Yeah. I was it's like, It's true. Whoa. There's people that got to do their job. Their job yeah. is to do these things. I've, I've had the same thing happen. I get wranglers on every set I work on because I'm a wanderer. You know, like I smoke and like I'll just sort of wander away. So there's always one person on every set I'm on that's job just to keep me from wandering off. Really? Yeah, I will. Like I'll just like finish my cig, I'll throw it down, I'll like smoke a joint, I'll look around, I'll be like, oh fuck, I'm not anywhere near base camp at yeah. this point. <laughs> <laughs> so So let's get in the matrix. Let's do it. Go into your the latest. Was it true I read that um um Keanu flew everybody to the premiere in San Francisco? You didn't fly me to San Francisco. If I you no Come hell on, no man. hell no um yeah i mean i'm sure it is i mean dude he really is that dude like everything you read online is true I generous mean, the best polite i got a great story with reeves so i call him reeves because we're you know we, cool. we're friends yeah um so he's like he's a super hard worker like he works really really hard like from training to working on his lines to like i mean he's a super hard worker i'm not you know what I mean? Like every role I take is a role I could do in my sleep. I don't work hard. And so we're shooting the scene in the in the Simulate, the cafe. And, uh, you know, I'm geeked out. It's my first day on set. I'm looking around. It's this huge budget film. I mean, it's amazing. And he walks up to me and he goes, hey, man, um, you want to run the scene? 
And I go, nah, man, I'm good. This is my audition scene. Not even thinking, because in my mind, I'm like, why would Keanu Reeves need to like rehearse? He's Keanu Reeves, like, yeah. you know? But, and he gave me this look like, what? Because <laughs> like he, he wanted to like run the scene, but I just, in front of everybody, I'm like, nah, man, I'm good. This is my audition scene. I'm straight, don't worry about it. And I look at the PA, my Wrangler, and I'm like, that was so nice of him to offer to run the scene with me. And this PA looks at me like, you're an idiot. Like, yeah. You're an idiot. <laughs> So, you didn't run the scene with him? No. The, oh my God. No. No. I mean, he like, dude, and it was so funny because, like, here's Keanu Reeves, biggest movie star in the world, like, doing the walk of shame, like, back to his seat because, like, this kid didn't want to run lines with him. Did you bring it up later? No. Oh, that's right. He no. didn't fly you. Yeah. And then that's... I lied to him on his birthday <clears throat> with some fake news. It was his birthday. We're on set and I'm scrolling through Reddit and I see this thing and I should have looked at it, but it was like, Bill and Ted makes, you know, $100 million. And I'm like, damn, dude. I'm like, hey, because it just came out, Bill and Ted. I'm like, congrats on Bill and Ted, bro. Like, that's huge. You made $100 million. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah. He's like, no way. So his assistant's trying to find this information. Like, they're trying to figure out, like, what I'm talking about. And as they're doing it, I realize, like, oh, shit, there's a parody article. And, like, he's still sitting for me to you. And I'm like, <laughs> how am I going to tell him? <laughs> like, his whole team's trying to figure out where this $100 million article's coming from. And I'm like, shit, I know. I just told him fake news on his birthday. Like, I know it. <laughs> And so I didn't say anything. I just waited. And then the next day, he was like, hey, so where did you find that article about 100 million? I'm like, listen, brother, I lied to you on your birthday. Like, I just wanted you to feel good. <laughs> what did he say? He laughed. I mean, oh, okay. it, took about, it took about three weeks for him to understand who I am. Sarcasm? Yeah, like at first, because I'm ridiculous, you know, especially in the movie, because my character is this super over-the-top eccentric yeah. dude. So when I auditioned for it, I had to sort of make it up myself because they give you no script, no breakdown, nothing. They're like, here are the words, figure he it out. He told me this. Yeah. Explain this to me. So I was like, so I was like, all right, like I, I figured out it was the Matrix. Like I, I knew because I was so, a fan. I want to explain. Yeah. So people, because I know the story. So your agent calls. Right. And was like, yo, we got this movie. Can't tell you what it is. Well, they didn't know what it was either. They were your like, agent we, didn't know they either. were like, we know this is a big movie. They were like, Lana Wachowski's the director, mm -hmm. but we don't know what it is. And I was like, do you think it's the Matrix? They're like, maybe. But there was no like rumblings of a new Matrix or anything like that. So when I looked at the sides, the script, I was like, this feels like the Matrix to me. Like this feels like the Matrix. How do you get a, the sides and don't know? They were dummy sides. They were like fake sides. That oh, were really? But, but they actually weren't. They ended up being my scene in the movie. But there was, they like, like his name's Thomas Anderson. They changed the name. Yeah. To like Ramis Manderson. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so I like, so I figured it out. And so I was like, if I'm a if I'm a character who knows he's in the matrix and knows that this isn't like, you know, the real world, I would have no inhibitions. I'd be completely ridiculous. Like nothing yeah. matters. I'd be completely over the top. I'd be annoying. I'd be huge. So that's what I did for my audition. And I would I had I was wearing a white t-shirt and I was writing messages to the director like on the shirts. What'd you say? Cast me was in one of them. <laughs> and it whether was my next audition, I was like, I need this. You know, shit like that. I thought so, you were going to say, Gary Owen's balls were yeah, on my head. Yeah, you saw my scene with Gary Owen. You should <laughs> hire me. So, uh, so yeah, it was like, it was a trip, you know, getting there. But because, like I said, my character was so ridiculous and so over the top, you know, you got to keep that energy all day. You yeah. know, if you're on set, you know, not to say I'm method or anything, but if your character's supposed to be over the top, you're kind of like that. And I'm naturally kind of like that anyway. No, you? Yeah, a little bit. No. So it took, it took Keanu, like, about a week to two weeks to figure me out. Because at yeah. first he would just sort of be like, what the hell is this guy? Yeah. And then he got it. 
And then once he got it, we became boys, and he, he totally was down. And, and but he didn't fly, yeah. He didn't fly. He wasn't that good of the a boy, I guess. Because I lied to him on his birthday. Keanu. Karma. Yeah, dude. What the Keanu, fuck, I know bro? you're watching this right now. I mean, it's not cool, but if you want to come on the podcast, I'll still have you. Yeah, you should defend yourself on here, bro. You should. Get him on here. Boom. Get him on here. Nice guy. <laughs> yeah, right. No, he's the best. But it, it's funny um, you say that because when you was telling me the story about it, it took him a couple weeks to get you. Um, I think just naturally, like, I'm a comedian, but you're more of a comedic actor sure, than yeah. comedian. So I did, I did this one independent film, and I'll never forget the first day on set, similar to what you just told me, Keanu, it just jarred my memory. I do my lines, and I let it go, boom, one take, keep up, boys. And I walked off, right? <laughs> and this one guy goes, is this guy serious? Like, the lead <laughs> actor was yeah. like, is he serious right now? Is it, like, the dude didn't like me for, like, a week. Yeah. Because he thought I was a dick. Yeah, that happens to me like, everywhere. Boom, one take. Keep up, boys. And <laughs> yeah. I walked off, like walked back to my trailer. And they and everyone was, the director knew how I was. Everybody else just said, they're laughing. This guy literally was like, is this guy serious right now? Is he serious? And then I came back out and shut the scene. And it was funny because every time she was seen, I'd, I'd, be, I'd get done and be like, I like the first one. We could have just left it alone. And then, but he was, he, this guy, I'm not going to call him out, but this guy was one of those actors that he was so into the craft. Yeah, like the actor's actor. First time I ever worked with one of those. Yeah. I, that's another I, That's another line of human being I'm not used to being around. He would do the scene, and we'd be done, and director goes, we're good. He goes, oh, uh, uh, can, can we do can one, one more? Yeah. Just, yeah. just want one more. It's like I was the like famous this. line. And I'm going like this. Holy fuck, man. Yep. I was like, literally, I was going like this. Nobody's going to see this movie. <laughs> Nobody's going to see this movie. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. And I, nobody did see it. Well, what's worse than, like, the old school <laughs> actors' actors are, like, the young actors' actors. Cause like I started off on Disney Channel and shit, you know what I mean. So like a lot of these kids have now like grown up, and I still see them. Like I'll take a sixty-year-old actor's actor who takes it mad <laughs> serious. But there's nothing worse than like a twenty-two-year-old actor's actor who thinks like everything's you know super important and shit. So they're out there, bro. They exist, and there's always dudes like you and me on a set that are just gonna make them very uncomfortable. I was talking. I was talking to Tony Rock, and he was telling we were talking about getting casted and stuff, and he said. He can tell us when he walks into the auditions, when he's in the hallway. He goes, I'll look around. He goes, and I can tell who's not going to get the part. He goes, if it's the guy, because he's going for a lot of comedies. Sure. If it's the guy trying to hold court, he goes, he's not going to get it. He goes, he's psyching himself up. It's yeah. be funny. If the guy in the corner that's a trained actor is, <sighs> he goes, he's not going to get it. It's always a guy in a chair. Chilling. <laughs> like this. Yeah. Yep. All right. And that's the mind game, bro. Cause like, you know, you, cause you do stand up. Most of your work is touring and doing stand up and stuff. Most of my life is audition. Yeah. I mean, since I was 15 years old. I don't, I don't envy that at all. Oh, it's the worst existence. You know what I mean? It's terrible. But like, that's, it's, that's part of the mind game. You know, like you go in that room and like, you know, people have their, their script in their hands and they're trying to practice it. Like I'll purposely fold it up, put it in my pocket, act like I don't need it. You know, or like I've asked actors, you want to run this? You need help running it? Like I, that's sort of like. Do you have any audition stories where you just forgot when blank oh in my the God, audition? A bunch, so many times, so yeah, many times. Do you feel like the world's gonna end? Are you past that? I, I'll tell you. At first, yeah, but see, the thing is, like, once I because I improvise, I don't really ever fall that flat on my face. Like, if I forget yeah. the line, I'm just gonna change it until I figure it back out. But uh, yeah, there's been some. So I'm a big Chris Farley guy. You know, I agree. He was yeah. my hero growing up, and uh, I was probably. 15, 16, and I'm auditioning for this Nickelodeon movie with Kevin Farley, his brother, 
which that, to me at the time, that's just as cool, you know? Yeah. And so me and Kevin are doing like a chemistry read and that was the one time where I just completely like fell on my face. Cause he looks like Farley, you know? Kevin yeah. looks like him and like acts like him. So I had this moment where I'm like doing the scene and I like look up and I'm like, I'm pretty much acting with Chris Farley right now. <laughs> and just froze and just stood there. I ended up getting the part anyway, but yeah. So I mean, it happens, but not anymore. Now everything's on tape. I can do whatever That's I want. That's crazy. Now. It's the best. I don't, I don't envy those days of going, because sometimes you're, when, when people first start going digital with the auditions, this is before COVID. Yeah. And they'd be like, but we want you in the room, Gary, because your your personality shines through and you get to talk to him and stuff. And I'm going, yeah, but you don't get a take two. Yeah, exactly. You don't get a take two when you're live in the room. You can't post your lines on the wall like cue cards. How about that? It. What's look, up, dude? How about that? How's my line? <laughs> yeah. Does it look like I'm reading it? Yeah. I'm a, so I teach, I teach acting as well for kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I got a couple adult students and stuff. And uh, they'll come over for like self-tapes and like they'll see my setup in my office where I got like my cue card TV, you know. And they were like, oh, can I? And I like don't want to teach my students to do this because it's like once you do it once, that's it what hard. you do now. Well, you, you know? like you said, you're quote unquote kind of lazy with it or Kendall's a hard worker. It's like why would I spend the next two days completely right. memorizing lines when I could really get into the scene? Yeah. And, and look at the lines and then really like if I do go blank or want to do an ad lib, I'm not gonna get too far off course. I can still see the lines. Right. And are you like me? I don't know if you like like I, I worked with David Keckner recently and I was in awe because we would go out to eat after we got off set. Cause I think most movies you click with somebody. Like I think you kind of clicked with everybody on college, but towards the end it kind of like it was, it was me, me and, and you, you hanging yeah. out. And um I I was just in awe because he would have these, I'd be in scenes with him and he'd have four pages of dialogue and I might have a paragraph, right? And I literally, I'd see him show up in the morning, bullshit with everybody, not really look at the scenes. And then we'd go out and he'd look at it real quick, put in his pocket and nail it. It's crazy. And I'm going, yo, dude, how the fuck do you do that? I was with you last night. <laughs> like I walked to your hotel room, I said goodbye. And then we got up at six in the morning. I said, how did you? And he goes, he goes, muscle memory, baby. Yeah. Muscle it's memory. It's because true. I do it so much. Yeah. I don't even trip anymore. Yeah. I have four pages. Of, if I got four pages of dialogue, I'm up all night in my room making sure, because I don't want to be the guy yeah. that everybody's waiting on. Mm. Can't get his lines right. I did the show called iZombie on the CW. Mm -hmm. And I played this like militia leader type thing. And I just had monologue after monologue after monologue. So usually I'm not afraid of monologues because <laughs> it's like I'll just improvise my way through it. I'll still get all the right beats. It'll be cool. Well, this show was like a word perfect show. Like you couldn't, if if the if the line is the and you say the cut, like it's that really? serious. Like it was crazy. And so my first day filming, they're like cut. Like you know the line is we are not were. And I'm like Jesus, this is crazy. <laughs> so I started getting in my head. I'm like shit. I got 19 episodes of this thing I got to do. This is the first one, and I don't. I'm not, there's no way I'm gonna be able to pull this off. So what I had to do is I would have to record myself and like my girl like reading the scenes. And I'm in Vancouver, and there was a lot of time alone. So I had headphones in listening to myself say this monologue over and over and over until I finally got it. And then I show up on set and I still fucked it up. <laughs> I still couldn't get it. All that and they were, was a SAG minimum? Yeah, right. I Jesus got, Christ. Yeah, background, really. <laughs> my, my thing with film, and you probably don't appreciate this, but you know, I, you I, know I do I more doing stand-up, right? Yeah. So a lot of times I do a movie, I'm taking a pay cut. Yeah. Because I got to carve out five, six weeks or something like that. And people don't realize, they think you're just in a movie and you're automatically a multimillionaire. Oh, yeah. Because you told me the story, and I don't know if you want to share it. You told me about The Matrix, and you told me 
your pay. And I, and I could be wrong. I don't want to repeat the story wrong. But didn't you say you went to Germany for a day? I went to Germany for three months. For the Matrix? Yeah. I thought you said they flew you off for a day and flew no, you back. They flew me out for a day to San Francisco. And then I flew out to Berlin. Backwards. Yeah. And this is like this is like peak COVID, too. This is like right at the... the you were at three months in Germany? Three months in Germany. Did And didn't you say that? Airline ticket was more than what you were making? For sure. Like double. <laughs> like double. It was one okay. of those things. I got the story backwards. I yeah. was telling people, because I was when I went and saw the movie, I, I put you on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I was telling people that I knew, and I was like, yo, my boy's in this. And I go, I he love it. You paid shit. I, well, I told him, I go, dude, he told me, like, I go, he told me, he like, they flew him to Germany for a fucking day. Nah. And he saw the airline ticket, and it was more than what he made yeah. filming. So my, I was backwards, San Francisco for a day, Germany. Yeah. Okay, I had it yeah. backwards, but still and the so, airline ticket was still the airline ticket. So I get to, I'm only supposed to be in. I ended up making more money because of the three months that they kept me there because yeah. like they didn't want to fly people back and forth. But um, I was in Germany. I shot the the big scene where everybody's talking about bullet time and all that stuff. And there was one more scene I was supposed to do, right? So for three, they were like, "We're gonna keep you here. We're gonna come shoot this like big scene." Okay, I waited three and a half months. Finally, one day, 10 o'clock at night, they're like, you're wrapped. I'm like, well, now mind you, this is COVID. I can't leave my apartment. I can't go anywhere. I can't do it. So for three months, I'm sitting in a room, like chilling, waiting to go shoot this like big sequence. And they were like, yeah, fuck it. We're going to cut it. <laughs> and I was like, so I sat here for three and a half months, missed out on other work. You didn't film anything? I filmed like one scene at the very beginning and then the rest was of it. Was the apartment chilling. dope? What? Yeah, it was dope. Way Germany? More, that was way more than what I got paid at that apartment. But it's almost like get it. Like you said, I could have got more work, blah blah blah. But at the other, the other end of it, you're in Germany, you know, bomb ass apartment. You're getting to experience something during nine, a pandemic. So like, no one's getting, no one's working, no one's making money, no one yeah. can do anything. And like, I'm at least I'm, you know, I'm I mean, you're living, you're living like a life nobody's gonna see. Right. You're getting to work with Keanu. Yeah, Germany. I, that's the one thing I haven't done yet, and uh, there's a lot of things I've done in my career. But one thing I want to do is go <coughs> overseas. Completely different culture, not Canada. Right. And shoot a film. Like a, a major film. I'm there a couple months. I get to really yeah. dive into the culture a little bit. I just, you know, I'm getting Oklahoma City. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with Oklahoma. I've been to Claremore a couple Last times. Last movie was Vegas. Yeah. You know, I've shot, what, two movies in Vegas, a couple in Vancouver. It's like, yeah, you know, but I haven't done that yet. So It's cool. I mean, I wish, I mean, it would have been cool if it wasn't during the pandemic. I think it would have been a little cooler. But at the same time, I'm full of shit. Because I don't like to do shit anyway. Like, I don't really do anything. So, like, I like to use the pandemic as a reason why I didn't go to, like, the Berlin Wall. Yeah. You know, but in reality, right. like, I wasn't going to go anyway. Like, well, I you get comfortable, you just get lazy, too. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, but I'm such a, I'm, I'm not a foodie foodie, but I love trying different stuff and seeing different cultures. So, I just, I would, man, Germany? They had me quarantined for two weeks in this village, right? And it's me, the sound guy. Or, no, sorry, me, a stunt guy who's um, from China. And this uh, EPK guy, who's this like Jewish guy, and me, and we're in this village in in the middle of nowhere in Germany, and uh, it's a donkey farm, like a legit donkey farm. Like when I say I've the never middle heard of nowhere, that. yeah, it's a farm of donkeys. That's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> and so we're we're in this like we're in this like weird ass. What strip like, club was that again? Yeah, <laughs> we're in this like weird ass like like hotel that used to be like a nursing home. Like there's nothing close by, and so there's a grocery store that's like half a mile away. So we're all gonna walk over there. And so we leave the hotel. And as we're walking, we see this big fucking Aryan dude, shaved head, 
tattoos. Even his dog looked racist. Like he had this big, like nasty looking dog. And I'm with I'm with my buddy Shane, who's Chinese, and I'm with my buddy Matty, who's who's Jewish. You could tell. And this dude starts following us, like following us to the grocery store. And I'm like, oh shit! I'm like, and uh, Maddie goes, hey, I think we're in trouble. I said, bro, I think you're in trouble. <laughs> I was like, I was like, and now we're with this stunt guy who's like Keanu's like coordinator. And I'm like, if anything happens, like this dude will fucking kill him with yeah, his bare right. hands. Like, no big deal. And Shane's like, I'm not. So this dude's like following us around, and we're like, this is super uncomfortable. Like we're in this weird village. Like clearly they've never seen American people. Clearly they're caught in some bullshit from the past. And so we get back to the hotel, and the guy working there, this German dude, spoke very little English. He was like you two probably shouldn't leave the hotel. And we're like, what? He's like, this is a full-blown, like, this village is caught in time. You know what I mean? So, like, now we're stuck in this, like, crazy, like, Nazi town in the middle of nowhere, and now I got to go grocery shopping for everybody. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm walking around with 30 bags of groceries. Why would he put you up there? Because th what happened was with COVID, there was, like, there weren't as many places as you'd think to, like, quarantine. Mm -hmm. We were in one place that kicked us out because they thought we all had COVID because they were COVID testing us. So that place kicked us out. So we were trying to find, they needed to put us up somewhere. So this was like the best they could find. Really? Yeah, yeah believe it or not. Do your so, research. Yeah, yeah, right. But no, it was, you know, it was other than that part. It was pretty sick. And then we left there and we were in Berlin and like, you know, I was right on the strip so I could look out my window and see cool shit. It was yeah, tight. yeah. You know, it was tight. That's other than, you know, the Nazi village. <laughs> could have done without that. Could have done without the Nazi village. Every time I left the hotel, that dude was there with his dog. And this big scary just sitting there, well, he's, he's waiting for the Asian dude to walk he in. He was just waiting. He was keeping tabs. Yeah, like is what he was doing. He ain't leaving. No, he ain't. Mm. I'm like, that's no, good. I got yeah. it. <laughs> I he's got like, it. yes, yo. Well, I, I never want to be in the Matrix so bad in my life. Yeah, <laughs> it was all worth it. It was all worth it. Are you finding now that the Matrix is out? Or is the phone ringing more? <sighs> yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> no, not really. I mean, look, you got to remember too. We're still in a pandemic. And so, like, a lot of these shows and movies are, like, a little gun-shy to get started because, you know, God forbid they get shut down again. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there have been a couple phone calls and stuff, but you got to remember, bro, like, I've been doing this for so long mm -hmm. that there isn't anybody in the business, producers, casting, that doesn't already know who I am. Like, yeah. it doesn't already be like, oh, he's good. So it's just a matter of, like, the next gig. What did happen is your boy got verified. That makes a huge difference. On social media? Yeah. So, like, that was the one thing that Matrix did so far. Not the one thing, but it was something that was huge because when you're auditioning for these roles these producers they look for shit like that really yeah oh yeah they care like that matters i can't I tell you that. Many, i can't tell you how many times i've lost out on jobs where they're like you're the guy but you don't have a lot of followers really and they go with someone else with like more followers and shit. wow there was a good span there a couple of years where they were only hiring youtubers for movies like that was it and now it's a little different but i didn't know that yeah it's important dude it matters because at first my reps are like why do you care so much like this is and i'm like it's not about flexing on the gram it's about yeah. people seeing that and being like oh this guy you know. but you know it makes sense um i had uh developed a, t a developed a tv show and we're still trying but you know how that goes sure. it's hopefully it sticks with the wall but the um the head of the studio got wind of me from tiktok and i don't do i don't do videos i just post my stand-up on tiktok yeah and he was like yo my kids were on TikTok a lot, so I had to get on to keep up with the times. He goes, and I started seeing your stand-up pop up, and I started watching it. I go, wait a minute. Like you said, I've been doing this shit 20 years. All the, the shit I've been on in movies, I go, this head of studio yeah. knows you from TikTok of all the things. I, granted, it's still my work. It's stand-up. Right. But I'm like, that's mind-boggling thing. Not YouTube, uh -huh. <clears throat> where my stuff's been on for 10 years. Yeah. Not uh, Facebook or anything. TikTok? 
I got That's it. when I call my web guy. I go, dude, every week, one or two stand-up clips on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, we're we got to get it on there, dude. One of my buddies was, I'm not going to, in case he doesn't want me to tell the story, I won't say, but he's in this, like, super famous band. This, like, really popular rock band. Bono? Yeah, it was, okay, fine, you got me. Uh, he was, uh, it was a couple, like, the mid-2000s, this huge, like, pop band. And uh, they went, like, platinum three times. I mean, they were a big deal. Well, then, you know, it dries up, sort of quit working. He wasn't really doing anything. He's still writing music. And so my man was, like, about to pawn his guitars. And, like, this is there is world. About to pawn his guitars. And, like, he was really struggling. All of a sudden, dude, his song becomes, like, the new trendy song. Old song, but new on TikTok. And so all these kids are doing dances and shit to it. Chocolate Barbie? <laughs> yeah. My man made, like, three mil in, like, six months. He went from, like, nothing, nothing to, like, boom. Crazy. Because of TikTok, bro. I can't get on TikTok. It's too weird for me. I don't like watching little kids dance. I don't do it for that. It's literally, I'm, I, I'm going a whole different route. I can't keep up. Well, I, I'm, plus, it's not my generation. Right. So I can't keep up with the songs and the, and the, the what do you call it, imitatings, different scenes and right. stuff like that. So I'm just strictly put my stand-up on there. And they constantly put on, and, they, and even the podcast, we'll do clips and we'll post it on TikTok. And some have gotten millions of hits. If you're talking about something interesting that nobody's heard. Yeah. And that's the good th that's the one good thing about TikTok too, is like it's opened up to a whole younger fan base. Like, I'm I'm posting shit, jokes from 2001. Yeah. And they're like, oh shit. I'm like, well, bro, I get I get that, man, because you know, I when I was younger, I started off on kid shows. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for most of your career, especially as you get older, people are like, Dave, you were on Disney, you were on Nickelodeon, you were on this. And for me, like, and I still do Nickelodeon. To this day, I'm on a Nickelodeon show. Because now I have a fan base that spans generations. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll be out, and some kid will come up to me and be like, oh, my God, I love you on Henry Danger. And then their mom will be like, yo, I loved you on Good Luck Charlie, or I loved you on Hannah Montana. Yeah. And so now Matrix comes out, and I'm getting most of the love I've gotten are people who've been following me for years. Yeah. That are like, bro, I couldn't believe it. Like, when you came up on The Matrix, I was so proud of you. Like, I've been watching you since I was a kid. So, like, getting the kids to be fans, those kids grow up. Mm -hmm. And, like, those kids become adult fans. And, like, <laughs> there's nothing more valuable than, like, longevity in your fan base. So. Is it, like, am I, am I trying to remember if I am got everything right? You got emancipated? Not really. So, so what I did, this could never work now. This, there's no way anybody can get away with this. Because I was always in shock that you were 17. On my own. On your own. Yeah. In New Orleans. Yeah. Because how, how old was Kevin Coveas? 17. So if you don't know Kevin Coveas, it's Chicken Little from, from American Idol back in the day. And this was his first film, right? Yeah. The, the one Kevin Coveas story I'll tell you that you, you haven't heard, and then we'll get back and emancipate okay, yeah, it. Yeah. I don't want to forget. Is we were shooting late. We were shooting late one night. And it was a scene where I said, if anybody fucks with you, I got your front. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. you mean back? I go, that's how you want it. Yeah, yeah. And we were just, I was just making it up. Remember Kevin was in his chair and he looked at his dad and he goes, what time is it? And his dad was like, 3 a.m. He goes, well, what time we come in? And I stopped him. I said, hey, hey, hey. I said, we're making a movie right now. I said, there's so many people that we get their left not to be here. I go, we're gonna get it. We're gonna stay till the scene's over. Yeah, you know. And to to his credit, he didn't say another word. Sure. But he was just. I could tell where it was headed. 
And I was like, yo, we're not about to do this. I'm 17. I only get to work 10 hours. Yeah. Or whatever. I said, we got to get the scene done, man. Right. And he got it. He, I put that kid through the ringer, man. Like we, we've been in touch a few times since, but I mean, it was, it was a movie about college and I treated him like a frat kid. Like I hazed <laughs> the shit out of him. He's working too. Yeah, he's killing it. I mean, Kevin's the man. But dude, if you watch that movie, like I'm so physical with him. And oh, really? none of that was fake, bro. Like I just beat the shit out of this kid the really? whole movie. And and obviously now I'm like, why would I do that? Like what an asshole. But like I'm 17, I'm feeling myself, you know? Yeah. But when the movie was over, to tie in with what you were saying, he was like, I get what you were doing now. Like, cause yeah. he was, cause it was keeping him humble. You know what I mean? It was like, just it's really, all like, new to him. Man. Yeah. And so, I mean, listen, maybe the best way to keep him humble was not to whoop his ass the whole movie, but no. he was perfect for that part. He was perfect. And he's great. And he's still a great actor. He's out there doing his thing. Yeah, I'll like, see him on uh, random stuff. I saw him like in a football movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was about. The comebacks. I think it was what it was. Was it? I, think I can't so. remember. I was like, oh shit. And then I was like, he's getting older. He ain't 17. Yeah. But he's he looks the exact same. Yeah. He's just a man yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So you okay? Let's go back to. So okay. So so I had uh, I had just moved out to California maybe like six seven months before for acting and and I was supposed to be homeschooled from know, Detroit from Flint Flint yeah so uh, so obviously I'm not doing my homeschool work like I'm chilling and hanging out and like living in L A so I booked a role in the movie Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny yeah and they were like we need to see his his schoolwork and I'm like oh like I haven't done anything <laughs> like I've not done one thing. So again, this could never fly now. They would never let it happen. But I went online and I found this bogus ass high school equivalency thing that was fake, dude. It's like, it wasn't even a real test. And so I like fill out all the questions. It's like, you failed, try again. I'm like, all right. And it gave me all the answers. And so it gave me like a diploma. Like they sent me like a, like it looked like a real ass diploma. So we go to set and uh, they're like, okay, we need some schoolwork. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm graduated. And so they like look at the diploma and they were like, oh, and I was like, so legally that means I, I don't have to rap early and I don't have to have my mom or, or a guardian on set. And without even that, they were like, all right. <laughs> and so it just went like that for years. Now, nowadays they would pff, never in a million years would that fly. Yeah. But this is like 2004, 2005. They were like, fuck it. As long as he's working, we don't care. So emancipated, no, but I sure said I was, <laughs> you know, I sure convinced that a lot you told of me. Yeah. To be, yeah, I mean, it's bad. Well, because if I you didn't say it and word got out that I wasn't, they'd have to shut the whole thing down, you know? Yeah, because I was like, dude, there's you and Kevin Coveas couldn't have been more opposite for 17 year old. He had to do His school. His dad was there all the time. He, he was doing school. homework. Andrew's at White Castle, or no, Crystal. Crystal. At three in the morning on Bourbon Street. <laughs> hammered. <laughs> 17 years old, hammered. I bought 100 Crystal Burgers. And I don't know if you're the one that found me or if it was somebody else, but like they came to my room and I'm in my bed passed out. Oh, with yeah. Crystal burgers. I was all with over them. Me. I was with their body. Yeah. I was like, like this. dude, get up. This dude's living the life. <laughs> yeah, doing my thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, dude, I look back on that movie and we had the best time. You could never do any of that shit now. Like, that movie would never get made today, as yeah. it shouldn't. It does not age well. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, man, what a blast. Like, you know, that was super. It was fun. fun. I, got, I got to do a rated R college frat movie. Yeah. I, there's no drawbacks. What's to that. cooler than that? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, I got I, I the the best part, and it sucks that Vern passed away. But yeah. getting to know that dude, dude you got to tell the strip club story about Vern. I got a couple. He's not gonna be mad now. No. Okay. First time I met Vern, he comes <laughs> to set, and I go, "What's up, man?" He goes, "What's up?" And you know his hand was kind of crooked, so I went and tried to shake it real slightly. He goes, "Shake my hand like a man, bitch." <laughs> I was like, "Jesus Christ." <laughs> So we go to one night, me and Vern are out, and we go to a strip club. 
We walk in. I'm not going to say he was there, but there were some NFL players in the back. Huge Hall of Fame NFL players. <coughs> I'm negative. I don't know what happened. Wait on this medicine ball. But, Gary, I'm just kidding. Um, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm losing it right now. I'm trying to tell the story. So, it's Vern telling I'm, you to shut the fuck right, up. Yeah, it's Vern. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> so, we go to Strip Club, and I'm not lying. When we get there, the door guy says, Yo, we got so and so and so and so's in the back. And I'm like, why, why are they telling us this? I don't care. And I don't know why. I still don't know why he told us this. Me and Vern walk in, and they, at first, it was me. And they're like, ah. When they saw Vern, it was like, ah. everything opened up. Welcome. We go in a strip club. All the girls that was in the back with these ball players left them, come out to us. <laughs> they're going nuts over Vern. They're, I'm literally not lying. They're passing him around, stripper to stripper, and they're kissing him on his head, kissing him everywhere. He was like a Tootsie Pop. Yeah. Like licking him. And I was like, what the fuck? And I'm just sitting back. Enjoying the show. Vern never wanted to be exploited unless it was with strippers. Oh my god! Like then he was fine with it. Like if you made jokes <laughs> or like made Vern feel weird about it, he would. You know, he was not about that, and, and, and rightfully so. The guy's, you know, he was a veteran. Yeah. But it, as soon as strippers or titties came around, like Vern had no problem getting picked up, kissed, uh, inserted, whatever it was, dude. Gary, well, was we it. left. Well, here's the end of the story. We leave. I'm shit faced. I don't know if Vern was, but I took his cart and I sh basically stole it. And I didn't know he had this little scooter they had to get around in. I didn't know, <coughs> no, he really needed that to get around. Yeah. He can't walk very far. So I'm fucking half a mile down bourbon. <laughs> I stopped and got a hurricane. Yeah, you know? I come through. back, Vern just sitting there on the side of the corner on, the, on that Brick Street bourbon, you know, amongst all the piss and liquor. And he's sitting there, he goes, hey, bitch. I need, I can't get around. <laughs> and I was like this. Oh, my fault. And like one of the security guys, he goes, I had him, G. I wasn't going to let nothing happen. I go, appreciate it. I go, fuck my bad, dude. <laughs> dude, Vern, Vern and Gary was a sight to be seen. You did, we did a, um, like a pilot. Remember that? The meter made pilot. <clears throat> yeah, that was, um, that was a short film that we were hoping to turn into a film. Yeah. But it didn't work out. And again, I called you and I called Vern because I go, I got two guys that'd be funny as shit in this. Yeah, but Vern just did it on the strength. Yeah. You know, he's like, it was this movie where we hoping it would turn meter maids into like a goofy comedy. And me and Vern were the meter maids. Yeah, it was hilarious. I mean, it was hilarious. It's it's online. I mean, it's on YouTube and stuff, but the, it's still funny, the little five-minute shit we did. But yeah, we just got cool. He, he would come see my stand-up shows and everything else. So when he when he passed, I was like, I probably hadn't talked to him in, in a year yeah. when he passed. Because that – that's the thing. I was talking to somebody, and they said, you know, movies are like summer camp. Yeah, for sure. They're a bubble. You have fun. You're there, and then everybody's got their own hustle, and you, you sometimes you stay in touch. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes I started you telling lose people touch. no. Like, I did a movie called Haunt, and it was a bunch of people my age, and we all had a blast and hanging out. And the whole time, they're like, I can't wait for us to hang out in L.A. I was like, that's never going to happen. I'm done with it's, you guys after this. Like, quit playing. Like, we're not friends. Like, we are in a bubble together. We're having fun. And when this is over, I'll never see you again. It's weird yeah. how that happens. The only movie that we we somewhat stay in touch is Think Like a Man. Yeah. Like, the the six guys, we're all we got our little text chain. We're there supporting, and, and granted, over time it gets less and less. Sure, but the first couple of years of Think Like a Man and Think Like a Man Two, it was like anybody had a movie, a stand up, anything coming out, we post on social media and everything. I think like it's out. a little different with comedians too, though. You know what I mean? Like, there's such a like uh, checks and balances with comedians. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. You would you would know, 
But I feel like there's a little bit more of that like camaraderie with comedians. I have a lot of friends that are comedians and it's sort mm -hmm. of like I was saying the other day, it's like if you're a new comic and you're working with someone who can give you an opening, like, you know, let you open mm -hmm. for them and stuff, like there's that scratch my back, scratch your back sort of mentality. I feel like comedians, you know, you guys run into each other more, I think. Yeah, of course. Well, we we're do. always working too. Yeah. It's not like a movie where you're done. And that's it. And you're all going on your own grind. Stand up, yeah, we're all going on grind, but we might get a show where there's four or five comics on the show. Right. Like, oh shit. Yeah. The, the the I just finished one called Back on the Strip, and the director was a comedian. The director was a comedian I came up with. He hired all comedians. The only one that wasn't a comedian was Wesley Snipes, but everybody else was comedians. Yeah. And I was like, I remember thinking we we sat in between takes, talking, telling road stories. Yeah. And the coolest part about it was Wesley just listened. He was so enamored. And I'm like, fuck our stories. I want to hear about Blade. Yeah. I want to hear about why make you jump. Yeah. I want to hear about the the bad video with Michael Jackson. <laughs> you know, we just sat back laughing and cutting up. And he was like, I was like, it was just, it was weird because you just see Wesley just sitting. Well, every time we kick it, especially if we were in San Francisco, like that, if you're not a stand-up comedian, those stories mm -hmm. are incredible. We were sitting in the lobby of that hotel, the Fairmont. <clears throat> And yeah. I was like, yo, and we were just chopping up. You were telling me stories about the road and staying like that shit is fascinating. You know what I mean? It's yep. like rock and roll. Well, it's, it's, I, I, that's why I liked um, that show Crashing on HBO so yeah. much. Yeah, that show was good. It's pretty accurate about <clears throat> the struggle, the open mic nights and stuff. And then Louis C.K. had his show, and, and that was basically him being a stand up. It's the behind the scenes. How it long is, were you in the grind? Like, how long were you grinding with open mics? And like, how long did that take until it was like, all right, Gary, come to our spot? My story's a little different because I was I was in the Navy yeah. when I started doing stand-up. So I would um most guys would go to nightclubs. I'd hit all the comedy comedy spots. There was only right. one comedy club, La Jolla um comedy store, but I would hit all the comedy spots. So I <clears throat> I got the um, I started all the black rooms because if you want to do the black rooms in San Diego, you could get up every night. If you want to do the mainstream rooms, there's always a list. You got to call somebody, yeah. and it was a lot harder to get stage time. The black comedy rooms, you just show up like, hey, what's up? Can I get up? Goes, All right, man. Yeah. And it's almost like they wanted to see a white guy shows up. Yeah. Let's see what this motherfucker's got. Like a novelty. Yeah. Yeah. Really, it was so, but they did it with everybody. You could get up. But it wasn't just stand-up. Like, on Wednesday nights, El Torito had karaoke night, and it was a Mexican restaurant. So everyone got to know, like, oh, this dude's coming in. He's telling jokes for five minutes instead of singing a song. And it was funny because... It became a thing on Wednesday. Like, you yeah. coming, right? And then it was like a time spot. Like, 10 p.m., Gary's going up. So you but, were already a regular before you even started getting <clears> into the game. I was um, I was a regular around San Diego. Sure. And then you just get, you know, comics would come in town, and you get to know them as they do the comedy store. I'd always sit in the back and talk to people. And I'm, yeah. I never was, like, obnoxious. Yeah. I'd always come out like a fan. And then they get to know you and then start getting up in L.A. and... Sorry, I, I would drive. It was funny. I had an S10 pickup. So if I got off work at 4 o'clock, I would drive to L.A. for maybe a 9 p.m. spot and then drive back down to San Diego. Had to be at work at 6, 7 in the morning. And I I had, I had um, this is, I'm dating myself. I had the club on the steering wheel. <laughs> yeah. And I had the thing that goes in the front dash. So I, there was a, it was a Walmart or Kmart in Dana Point. And that's where I would pull over and take a nap if I was too tired to drive home. Yeah. And then I started lying to people. Because all my military buddies, I'd be like, yo, last night, I saw Chris Rock. I saw Jim Carrey. I saw Jerry Sutton. I'm just lying, right? They're like, no way. I said, you should go with me. And all I needed them was help me drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they'd be like, 
Dude, we didn't see nobody. I was like, I was here last rough night. Oh, man. Must be filming a movie or something. I was jumping into stand-up when I was like 16 or 17, and I was I was doing uh, improv at Second City, and at the time it was next to the improv. And so I would like sort of sneak in. I'm underage, you know what I mean? But I would like sneak in through the side and like try to do open mics. And I was doing them, you know, a decent amount. And I remember one night, Zach Galifianakis went up. And uh, he did this. This is in uh, what city? Uh, this is in L.A. LA okay. um, and he went up randomly, just was like, I'm going to go up. And so I watched Zach Galifianakis do stand-up. Again, I'm like 17. And that was the moment where I was like, I'm not doing stand-up anymore. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Why? It was, because it was so technically sound and so smart and so brilliant and so well-worked that I was like, I'm disrespecting the craft. Like, mm-hmm. I'm getting up there and fucking around, which was fun. Yeah. But I had so much respect for stand-up comedy and to see him just do, like, a masterful set. I was yeah. like, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not yeah. doing it. Like, it's, it's such a beautiful art form that I was like, I'm disrespecting it by getting up here and talking about, you know. It's so odd to me. Pussy or whatever. <laughs> you know, that was my that was whole set. Joke. I'm a fat guy. I get pussy. Ah, yeah. And that was it. <laughs> It's so odd to me when I hear people say it's such an art form because to me, it's just something I've always done. Like, I'm at the point now where I've done it over half my life. Yeah. And it's it's like um, like a painter, to me, that's art, a Picasso or something. And I'm going, I don't know. I'm just up there talking. Yeah, but that is the art form. You know what I mean? Like, you're, I've seen you do stand up a bunch of times in person and like in your videos and stuff. And, like, what you do is an art form. Like, to be able to get up there, especially in the crowds that you perform for, like, to be able to get up there and banter and do that, that is your art form. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like voiceover artists, right? They'll be like, my voice is my is my instrument. Yeah. Like, your instrument is that ability to get up there and do that. And so, sure, maybe to you it doesn't feel like art anymore because you do it all the time. Yeah. But to the people watching, for sure it's art. Yes, yeah, you know? that's it's. I saw you do. I saw you do the Laugh Factory this is like shortly after college. And I was, this is back when I was still trying to do stand up. And I was like, Gary, what, like, what's, what's your set like? Like, just, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? And you were like, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're like, I don't know. I have no idea what I'm going to do. And I, so I'm like, how the hell is he about to get up at the Laugh Factory? Sold out crowd. Like, what's he going to do? And you got up there, grabbed the mic, and just started talking to people in the audience and roasting people. You were yeah. up there for probably 25 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, he really didn't have uh, shit to say. <laughs> Like, you didn't have one. Like, I'm like, I drove all the way out to come see you. You came in for, I'm like, I can't wait to see him work his bullshit. You went up yeah. there and just <laughs> made fun of people and had a blast. But that is that is your art form, dude. That's why it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, when you're 15, 14, whatever, um, that is so odd. and uh, Not odd, but rare to, like, know you want to be an actor and then pursue it. I And I don't want to tell the wrong story, but Josh Hutcherson from The Hunger Games. Yeah. What I had read, I think I read in a newspaper, you know, he's a Cincinnati kid. Oh, okay. And I remember hearing rumblings about, yo, this kid in Cincinnati is getting some big roles out in L.A. and stuff. And I was like, wow. And they, I think his mother said, Josh said, I want to be an actor. And she goes, that's fine, not taking a seven- or eight-year-old serious. Right. But he kept coming back, and then he'd have, like, newspaper articles. And he'd say, hey, they got auditions for this. They'd be like, hey, the, this. And he kept bringing it to his mom. His mom was like, wait a minute, this, this kid's serious. Yeah. At seven or eight years old, he research. knew what he wanted to do the rest of his life. And, and it worked out. Did you always know? 
You want to be a, an yeah, actor? Well, I always knew. I was always performing. You know what I mean? Like the Usher, My Way album, like that whole album mm -hmm. was performed for my whole family all the time. You know, so that, I was always. That was the last album I thought you would say. Yeah, dude, that's my jam. To this day, if I karaoke, it's My Way or 8701 <laughs> or Deborah Cox, RL, We Can't Be Friends. And I really? Do both parts. Yeah, I could see Deborah Cox. Perfect yeah. harmony. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I I was always a performer. I was always the class clown. I always, you know, I would do stand up at talent shows and shit like that. But I played sports, like I wrestled and I played football, and uh, I became ineligible for football because I failed home ec class. Whoa! And so I couldn't couldn't, couldn't bake. I couldn't. I didn't sew. I couldn't <laughs> sew. Couldn't do it. Wasn't into it. And so, uh, so I was. I didn't want to go home after school. My mom works, single mom. You know what I mean. So I didn't want to sit at home and chill all day. So I just found out I can't play football anymore. And there's an announcement on the school PA that's like, hey, we're doing a school play. Uh, and if you want to come out and audition, come audition. And I was like, do you got to be eligible? They were like, no. I was like, dope. I'm going. So I go in. Coming in hot. This That only took hey, an hour. Hey, that Trenta, though. That Trenta Let's iced coffee, it. though. I was about to wrap it up. I was dragging. E -e. So, uh, oh, thank you, bro. Appreciate you. Thank you, man. So, uh, so I auditioned for this play. And I get the part of like the funny guy, you know, like the police chief. So I did the school play and and crushed. Like I loved it. Like that's when I knew for sure. I was like, this is gonna happen. And so my teacher, the the drama teacher, told my mom, she was like, listen, like if this, if he ever wanted to do this professionally, like you probably could. And my mom's pretty eccentric and risky and cool. Like my mom's like, you know, she's nuts. So she was like, oh, okay. So we went to this like acting competition thing in Florida. And uh, there were like 2,000 actors there, and I took first place. And so from the first school play to living in L.A. and working and stuff was only about a year and a half. So did I always know I wanted to be an actor? Nah, I didn't know. I, not really, but I knew I liked to perform. And then once I did that play, I knew. That was it. Like, it was over. And it wasn't long after I got here, I started booking stuff. But my mom was like, fuck it, quit her job, sold our house. But how did you... So you just moved out to L.A.? You had no contacts? No. So when I went to the acting competition and I won, I met my first manager, who ended up being, you know, a huge scumbag. They all are. No way. First yeah, manager? Right. And the, the, plucking they're out plucking kids out of the hotel in Orlando. Yeah, no, you <laughs> sucked. So, uh, but he was good enough to be like, hey, I can get you a couple auditions here and there. Come on out here. And so I did. And I was with him for a long time. Made him very wealthy. He didn't make me wealthy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then the, sort of the rest is history. So I wasn't showing my mom auditions in the newspaper or anything, but I was performing all day, every day. <clears throat> I mean, that was me in school. I mean, school was was a stage for me. Like, there was no, I didn't learn shit. Yeah. You're just one of those guys I always root for. Like, oh, thanks, Garrett. It's just like, you. we did the film. You were so young, but you end up being like, it, you always had like a, it's like, a, I don't want to say old soul, but... I didn't see you hanging out with 17 year olds at 17. No. You know what I mean? No, like I you didn't. fit right in with us late twenties, early thirties, yeah. the, the age group we was at when we shot that movie. Well, I grew up in Flint, Michigan. And so like growing up there, like you, people age faster. No. Yeah. Like people Wonder grow why. up. And so, uh, <clears throat> and, and so like all of my friends back home, you know, we were, we were kind of on our own, you know, like we were, and, and like my mom was great and she was around, but you know, she worked, I had a big old house with a basement. I mean, there were 15 kids living at my house at any given time, 
You know, so by the time I got to L.A. and I was around, like, kids whose parents are stage parents or, yeah. you know, kids who are out there trying to be bubbly, like, I was already a hardened Flint boy, you know? So mm-hmm. it, that's why I think I've always connected with people that are older. Yeah, like Keanu Reeves. Like Keanu Reeves, you know? I'm just waiting for him to get my, my custom Rolex that he got everybody else. Did he? No. On John Wick, he got all the stunt guys custom Rolexes. <laughs> I really get, what, did, what what was your rap gift? He actually Matrix? did give me a rap gift. So I can tell the story now because it, it, it didn't make the movie. But there's a uh, uh, I'm gonna call it a stunt for the sake of the story. But really, all I was doing was like bending over and falling, maybe that far off on the ground. Not mm-hmm. a big deal at all. And he's in the scene, sort of watching me. And so I'm doing this little prop fall over and over, and the crew is like, "You all right? You couldn't need a new pad?" So I get up and I look at him, and I'm like, "Bro." I know why you do all these stunt movies. This shit is easy, dude. I'm like, this is great. I'm like, no wonder you, John Wick, this shit is easy. And so I kept making fun of how stunts aren't hard and how, like, doing stunts in movies is, like, a, a sellout move. Like, try cracking a joke. And, like, yeah. so when the movie wrapped, he, uh, he sent me the stuntman jacket that all the stunt guys got for the movie. He sent me one kind of as, like, a, yeah, you're a stunt guy now. So I did get a, I did get a sick jacket. From them that only the stunt guys got. Was it a bomber jacket? Yeah, it's like a sick, like, I wouldn't say, no, it's more like a, it's more like a peacoat kind of jacket. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's fancy. Yeah, it's fancy. It's a nice coat. Did we get wrap gifts for college? We got to get something, didn't we? I got a bag. I remember getting a bag of condoms that said college on them. We got something. There was a gag gift? So, yeah, it was something stupid. Did, I, did we get a wrap gift for college? I know we I got think, t-shirts. I thought we got something. I know I had a. I got something mailed to me that was like a, almost like a souvenir set. It was almost like a promo kit. Yeah, with the condoms. For, yeah. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. That's what I got, Dude, too. Did we get a wrap gift, though? I don't remember. I still have my chair back hanging up in my office, though. Oh, really? Yeah, I still got that. I wonder if I got anything from college. I was looking today to see if I had anything, because I know I got photos and shit somewhere. So, like, this morning, I was looking for something to bring in, but I couldn't find you. I got some old photos. I got... <clears throat> Obviously, I got. Uh, I, there's one that always pops up on my timeline. I, I must have posted it at some point of me and Vern, and then I got a. Uh, do I got any of us? You know um, that sign that was hanging outside the Hustler Club. That it's like a hundred year old sign, and it's this big wooden thing like this, and it says XXX Girls, whatever. It's like an antique. Uh uh-uh. uh Again, I'm 17. Deb Hagen, our director, was like, "You ever been to a strip club?" I'm like, "No." She's like, "Let's go." So she takes me to the Hustler Club and has to, like, pull all these favors to, like, get me in. First time I'm in a strip club, again, I'm getting bombed, you know, having a good time. And as I'm leaving the strip club, I jump and I grab this sign. And again, right after Katrina, so this thing was water damaged, like this thing. And I pull it down, and I still have the sign from the Hustler Club. Nobody say anything? Uh-uh. I just jumped on, whop, pulled it down, took it, and I still, to this day, I have it. And it's just this, like, I'll never do it. It's one of my most prized possessions. What's crazy is, like... Out of all of us out of that movie, who knew Haley Bennett was going to take right? off like she did? Well, she did. <laughs> she yeah. knew she was. I just remember when she showed up, she was like, when we get per diem? Yeah. Because she didn't have no money. Nothing. She goes, I can't eat. Yeah. And I think I, I bought her something to eat. Yeah. I, I, think- I, I took her out to eat or gave her money for food or something. But I remember then her boyfriend showed up a couple of days later and she was like, literally, I need my, she was so quiet. She goes, what do we? Because she came like a week or two after we were already there. Yeah, she was the last one cast. Yeah, yeah. So I remember she was like, "Do we? Um, want to get per diem?" Yeah. And I was like, "Then her what? mom showed up, and mom was like running shit." Yeah, yeah. But I just, 
I was like, wow. Yeah. I Haley. thought I was struggling. This I just is a saw struggle. Camille Manna in a commercial. Really? Yeah, she's in some commercial. Uh, I think it's like a Burger King commercial or something like that. Dang, she looked the same? Exact same. Nothing's changed. Asians, man. No, they hold it together. Dude, it's amazing. They go from, they, go, they get the 20, and then they, they don't do shit until 70. Yeah, and then it happens quick. Boom. Boom. And then they lived to 103. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Hey, who, um, have you talked to Nick Zano at all? <laughs> yeah, a couple of years ago, I would run into him at auditions and shit every once in a while because we obviously we audition for the same things. Oh yeah, uh, but no, he I would see him every once in a while. Nick's just one of those like elusive dudes, man. Like he just like you see him and then you don't, and it's like I don't know how the hell Nick Zano makes money. Like uh, he's like, on some, he's always, <laughs> he's always on, on something. something. Yeah. He's always on some show that no one watches, but it yeah. runs for twenty seasons. <laughs> Like every he's like I'm like oh what's Nick Zano working on? Oh, he's got 400 episodes of all the time we've lived, and it's yeah. like what the fuck is this? But I was a superhero on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that too. He's always on stuff that like this. That guy stays working. Just though. never stops. Never they, stops. Um, and then Zach, I don't know what happened to him. Zach, Zach. So we're with the same management company, and uh, he did the whitest kid you know, which was that sketch show that he had, which was like he iconic. Was on a, I auditioned for a pilot that he got. Yeah, I remember that. Three men and a baby. He's, he's really selective in what he does. I think he made a pretty decent grip on the whitest kids, and he's a pretty smart guy. I remember him, like, talking to me about finances and shit like that back then while I'm like, whatever, you want to smoke this joint or what. Yeah. But um, he, I think he just, like, took – and he's very selective. Like, my, I tried to get him to a movie – I didn't try. My buddy tried to get him in a movie that I was in, and he's just very choosy, man. Like, he just – he's he, and I guess he can be. You know, so he's around. You'll see Zach every once in a while. But Zach, if he was like me and was like, I'll do anything, you'd see him yeah. everywhere. God, it's still hard to believe it's been 15 years. It's been a long time, dude. No, it's 16. Yeah. 2006, we filmed it. Yeah. I keep forgetting we're in 2022. It's funny how it's still such a relevant thing. Like, I've done, I have like 100 movies and TV shows on my resume. And the one that is always like, I come back to, and the one that always I have the most memories from is that movie. College? Yeah, it's always You got to work with me. And that so. was all it was. That was it, bro. That was it. Got to work with Gary Owen. Dude, and, we've, and it's funny, man. Like, you know, we were talking earlier about how no one stays in touch and shit after movies. But, like, we have, bro. Like, you, ever, you came to my spot because you had an audition. This was man. funny. I'm going to tell this story. I don't yeah, know if you want ahead. me to or not. So, you know, Gary's a stand-up comedian. Like, that's Gary's thing. And he's an actor, but he's, you know, he's a stand-up comedian. This is about five, seven years ago, maybe. No, it was longer than that. He, oh, it was over been. 10. He, yeah, yeah, this is a while before ago. Think like before a Think Like a Man. This was for something else. Um, but anyway, he calls me, and he's like, Andrew, I'm, I'm in L.A. I was like, oh, sick. He's like, I want to meet up. I'm like, all right, cool, man. I got this audition. And I was like, <laughs> okay. He's like, I'm going to need you to help me with this audition. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit, okay, bro. Like, of course. And he, like, comes over. We ran this audition. He almost booked it. It was No, uh, I thought I had it. Yeah. Like, they, they did the whole, what's your avails? Yeah. And at the last minute, they just flipped it. That happens all the time. And I was like, what, what just happened? Yeah. But so from that to like, and I remember one time I was driving out to Vegas. Uh, I was living there for like six months. And as I'm driving, I see a billboard with your face on it. And it's like performing in Vegas. I'm like, word. And so I just called you right from the car. And he's like, yeah, I'm going up tonight. I was like, sick. And this is, this is how you know I love Gary because like I'm, I'm, I'm a narcissist. Like I need to be treated like a king everywhere I go. And so I go to Gary's show. It's great. He crushes. And like afterwards, he's like, you'll come through here and like, we'll, we'll say what's up. So I'm like, okay. He's like, just come through this door and, and we'll see what's up. Motherfucker put me in the line for the photographs <laughs> and the autographs. I'm like, bro, I, I drank out of your butt. I didn't charge you. Hey, no, he I didn't, didn't charge, charge me for the, for the photo. And the, the dude taking the photo like handed it to me. And I'm like, 
And my mom was like, I'll take it. I'll take it. And my mom still has it framed in her house. My mom has well, two pictures of me and you framed in her house. Well, the thing was, I knew I had the meet and greet. It's called a meet and greet. And I don't know the setup till I get there. It's my first night in yeah. Vegas. So I don't know what the setup is. So that's why I was like, just come to meet and greet. We'll hang out after. We'll get, we could chop it up and everything. I didn't know when I walked in. I go, oh, there's a lot more people this meet and greet than I thought. It was I'm like standing in line. I'm standing in line with like 70 people like looking at my boy like just waiting to get up there to say I what up. Yeah. I'm like, what's up, bro? And then the dude took the picture. was like five. But Gary's like, no, 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 no. Like he tried to charge <laughs> no, me. No, and Gary's like, no, 25, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 25, 25. 25. Don't get the wrong idea. Don't get it twisted. I thought I was going to discount it. Five. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was like, no, no, he's good. Yeah. He drank out of my he ass. He can have it for free. Yeah, he drank out of my ass. <laughs> he, in fact, he can get two. Yeah. Two pictures. We held up the line for a little bit. Yeah. All right, man. Why don't I hold you up? Um, this LA got to beat the traffic. Uh, yeah, for sure. Is there anything you want to pump? I mean, listen, man, you. just, uh, no, I got nothing, bro. All let's right. Just, let's just, like, I, I'm waiting for the phone to ring. You asked if anybody's calling after Matrix. I said no. We'll wait till this airs. Yeah, this will change everything. Watch. This will change everything. Watch. Before we go, what happened with your car? The uh, Margaritaville? I got super involved in this. Oh, you, you had some of the best comments ever. Oh, I got ever. so involved. What happened was, and I, I told this story a couple weeks ago, um, the corporate called margaritaville because when my car got wrecked in the valet yeah i wasn't in it the valet was like the margaritaville was like we hired a third party company it's not our it's not their fault the valet guy was like we ain't got cameras none of our guys hit your car they parked it but they didn't hit it because they would have been in another car we would have saw it so i'm telling the guy go by your logic you're never liable why would you get cameras right because if something's missing we ain't got cameras our guys didn't do it the parking lot's empty bro they took me to my car they tried to there was car. four cars in the parking lot and it was empty and they completely ripped off the bumper i took pictures as you know yeah what ended up happening was court i thanks to my fans everybody took over their instagram page with fix gary's car your comment was the best with those girls walking back to the cabin <laughs> i guess their their car is wrecked too yeah, i guess I they gotta walk, walk home yeah yeah Dude, so, I, we went in. It was so funny. And, like, dude, I've, I, there's been a couple times, and we could talk about on the next podcast, when you've used your fan base to, like, help oh my God. some shit go down. But it, what ended up, long story short, is uh, corporate got involved and just said, you know, we dropped the ball on this, and we're making it right. I can't say what's happening. Don't. But they're making it right. But what bothered me the most was everyone acknowledged it's not my fault, Mark, the the – I won't, I don't want to say Margaritaville. The lady working that day yeah. at the front desk at Margaritaville, the the head valet guy, that one guy, they both acknowledge I wasn't in the car. I did nothing wrong. I had nothing to do with it. Yet there was no like, let's make this right any kind of way. The guy told me to call my insurance. It's a hit and run. That's what he said. This is no. a hit and run. The the ladies when I checked out first they called my room. What time are you checking out? I go, when I have a car yeah. to check out too. I live here now. Yeah. Then when I checked out, she goes, well, obviously we're going to take the valet off. I was like, whoa, Thank you're still you charging so me for the room? So when I went to, so I, and I literally gave him out. I said, I'm going to ask you one more time. This is the stance you're taking. Did they know who you were? Not a clue. Ooh. This is, nice. this is the stance you're taking. You're saying, thanks for coming. We wrecked your car. But um, don't bother us. Please leave. I can't drive my car. It's not undrivable. Like yeah. the bumper's on the yeah, ground. It was brutal. It was bad. So once, thanks to the fans of social media, they took over the thing Instagram oh, page. So funny, man. Some, but 
some of those comments were so funny. And then they um they made it right, but the guy even said he goes, "We dropped the ball on this." Yeah, completely. Listen, and they're making a, it right. Just because it's a good story doesn't mean it. You know, it can be the story could be told, and they are doing it right. So like, it's okay. Like they're good, but the yeah. story's still funny. Like the story still has to be told. But they oh. are off the hook. They did. The, I even messaged them because I commented on every photo. I was sitting in my dressing room Dude, working on Danger Force. This that was Nickelodeon so show, funny. And I'm sitting Your in my comments? dressing room. Oh god. Hold on. Let me show you. My guy texted me. Your comic is this the funniest one yet? Um, let me see. He says, "Brah, this is one of my best friends." He goes, "Brah, this is the best one yet." And I look to it was. I go, "That's fucking Andrew." <laughs> Hold on. Really? Oh, here it is. So this is one of my the girls walking away. Yeah, a good friend. I saw it. I go, hey, "That's Andrew." What did I and, say? You said so. It's a picture of these girls like walking away, and my comment was, "So they had to walk home because you wrecked their car too." At least Gary Owen got a ride. <laughs> you said that their their post is on the twelfth and final day of Christmas. Margarita Lake Resort, Lake Comro gave to me a one of a kind escape to our waterfront loft. And Andrew, so they had to walk home too. They never got. <laughs> but my guy was like, uh, "Look, he just put the yeah. laugh emojis like bra." Is he a producer? Is he hiring? Don't no, no, he right work. Way. He works for Volkswagen in Memphis. I drive a Volkswagen. <laughs> I drive a Volkswagen. <laughs> He's not in the business. All right. But he was, I was like, and I'm looking at it, I go, wait a minute. That's Andrew made yeah, that comment. Yeah. They, ended <laughs> up all the ones. they ended up messaging me back because I sent them a message and I was like, hey, you guys, because like I'm bored. I'm sitting in the dressing room all day and like you had my back once. So I'm like, I'm yeah. going to light this shit up. And so I messaged them. I'm like, yo, you guys need to take care of this car because like I'm, I'm joking, but like this shit's going to get out of hand. Like I'm telling you. Yeah. And like a couple days later, they're like, we're handling it. Well, like a, one lady made the most comment that made the most sense. She goes, fixing that bumper is going to be a lot cheaper than loss of revenue. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And you know what? Margaritaville, they did it. They did their thing. God yeah. bless. They're and cool. like I say, you can't have a, a corporation like that that has thousands of employees. And it's not like you're saying the entire chain is bad. But at the same time, I think as an employee, sometimes you got to be like, this is work. But also, what if this was me? Right. What if my car was valeted? And the bumper got ripped off. And the place I'm staying at is giving no regard to. Did they ever say, like, afterwards, like, we had no idea the hell that you unleashed with your fans? Like, did they ever acknowledge that they just got destroyed on social media? Um, they didn't They didn't say that in those words. But they say, can you make another post? <laughs> and I made another post. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, they said, can you please make another post? <laughs> and literally one of the guys I was talking to, I said, yo, you got to admit. Some of those comments were fucking funny. Hilarious. And he was like, yeah, some of them were. Yeah. Like, now that we're it. like out of the woods, kind yeah. of speak, he goes, yeah, some of them were hysterical. Oh. You know, you got to admit it. So, all right, man, I appreciate having my back hey. there in the car. Of course. Bumper fiasco. All right, man, we'll see you in Matrix 7. Yeah, right. Let's right. hope so. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate it.